We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Next meanwhile, we'll go back to 500 and 8 and 8. Some of the fans have left. Those are still here with a little bit of a standing ovation for their Golden State Warriors. Terrific night for Curry. 24 points, 10 assists. And as J.J. said, maybe the the highlight is the way Klay Thompson played tonight because if they have any chance of defending their title, he's got to be right. Absolutely. And look, he had some great moments in their playoff run last year. 
and his counting stats were good in last regular season, I truly believe Clay will end up hovering around 40% from three by the end of the year. There's your final score, Golden State 111, and the Knicks 101. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, watching. Um, staying up late for what was not a very rewarding rewarding game. Um, I will say at the outset, uh, if you're looking for me to kill the team tonight, um, it's not going to happen. They played like a team that was sick. I mean, we heard after the Denver game that the bug going around the whole locker room, everybody's kind of got it, whatever. Um, Randall said he was sick after the last game. They should play like a team tonight that had their... The only way I could describe it is like when you have... When you're sick, but you're functional and you could like leave the house, but your head's in the clouds and you're like not thinking clearly because that's the only way I could explain a couple things tonight. One, the shot was just completely off for everybody. I mean, you don't see... Jalen Brunson go. I'm just looking up right now. What did he finish at? You don't see Jalen Brunson go two for 13. Like Jalen Brunson played 50 games. And if he's feeling okay for those 50 games, he's not going to go two for 13 in any of those games. Um, he was two for 13. Uh, Obi was 0 for 5. Quickly was 0 for 5. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about RJ, I'm sure. He was, he finished the night six on 19. Um, yeah, the shot was just very off. The decision making was like, to say it was poor, it doesn't even really do it justice. They just did some things that were just like absolutely head scratching in terms of some of the passes. And then there was just a lack of crispness with like just not being able to secure loose balls. Like the, some of the the times they got stripped, like there were a few like Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin like hasn't had a game where he looked this off since his rookie year. Um, at least, you know, it's it's been it's been that long quickly too. Just like these are these these guys are solid as a rock, and for them to come out, for all of them to come out, Brunson quickly, Obi, like these are the guys you count on to be stabilizing forces. Of them, for them to come out and look just like so off, I don't know what else to attribute that other than the fact that there's clearly something like either that or there were, you know, someone texted me earlier who was like, "They're don't kill them tonight. They're gassed." Um, Maybe they're gassed. I don't know. They've had a day off between the last game, but you know, back to back Utah, Denver, maybe they're still feeling the effects of that. Who knows? And then when you play against the Warriors, we just play at a very different speed. You know, that could throw you off too. So I'm not going to kill them tonight. Um, I thought they showed good fight, like certain types of efforts get under my skin more than others. Like the Oklahoma city game is something that is always going to get under my skin because there just seemed to be like a lack of urgency, a lack of effort tonight. You know, they fought thought the, you know, warrior shooting is like such a game changer and their movement is such a game changer. It's so unexpected for you when you don't play them all the time that you know, you could look silly. The thing I said at halftime is like the warriors, much like the Celtics a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, are a team that if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And uh, like the Knicks weren't crisp on defense, but I thought they did fight. Um, I thought they showed some nice, you know, nice hustle. Like they, they got a bunch of offensive rebounds. I thought Jericho Sims had another really nice games. This Jericho Sims thing, man, Jericho Sims played 27 minutes, double, double um, ended up with uh, five offensive rebounds had three blocks. Uh, yeah. That's probably my brightest spot from this game. Uh, a couple other, you know, bits that we should consider. Uh, Cam Reddish left with sore groin. He did not return. Um, you hope he's okay, but 
sore groin, eh, doesn't sound great. Uh, you wonder what that's going to result in with them now playing on uh, in Phoenix on Sunday and then another back-to-back, Phoenix Sunday, uh, Oklahoma City on Monday, and then their next game isn't until Friday. You know, wouldn't be surprised at all to see Cam shut down for the rest of the trip. I mean, obviously, I'm, who the hell knows? It's early. Maybe he'll be fine. But what happens then? Crime, does Grimes slot in the starting rotation if that happens? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, so that sucks. Good game from Sims. Nothing else I really want to say. I, you know, I thought they're, you know, they got beat by a good Warriors. You're not going to win when you when you're playing the Warriors and the Warriors are hitting their shots and the Warriors were hitting their shots. Uh, Warriors finished tonight. Um, 18 of 50 from three for 36%, which is like a standard game for them. But the Knicks were nine of 34. I guess that's what, that's the last thing I'll say is it's the fatal flaw in the Knicks offense. It's just really tough to consistently be a good offensive team when you not only are a bad Offense when you're not only a bad shooting team from outside, which the Knicks are not, are after tonight they might be. I don't know how the Lakers are playing right now. I don't know how the Lakers are shooting tonight, but there's a chance the Knicks could be the 30th best three point shooting team in the league um, if they have a couple more bad games and the Lakers have a little uptick. Um, but more than that, when you <laughs> Andrew's telling me first ever Knicks loss in the Chase Center, I did not realize that. Um, you know, your main guys like don't really want to shoot threes. That's not their preference. I've been saying it all year. It's that's how they've assembled this team. It's kind of a it's it's a design flaw. But if that's the worst thing you could say about their offense, when they're doing other things well, you could survive that. But when they're not hitting shots and they're not doing other things well, other than get to the line, which they did a very good job tonight. Um, and when they're playing a team that is a really good offensive team, it's just really tough to keep up. When they're making threes and you're making twos, um, or you're getting to the line, that's it. I'm sure RJ's going to come up um, another night where he looked awful, but I, I, you know, I don't know what else there is to say that hasn't been said. I'm not going to pile on. I'll let other people do that for me. Okay, that's all I got. Um, oh yeah, here we go. This is important. Download the WinBet app. WinBet are our proud sponsors for this post game show, pre and post game shows. I think if you, what were the, we'll, we'll get the betting, betting and sweating uh, bets later, but I think we had some nice hits tonight. Anyway, visit www.winbet.com. That's W Y N N B E T.com to start winning. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, win $100, download Bet Win. Thought the Knicks were going to fuck around and maybe make it, make it a, make it a cover tonight. I think it was a seven and a half point spread. Andrew, does that sound right? Which is funny because Deuce McBride had a three. Did he? I missed that. Well, so he had a three down in the, at the very end of garbage time that would have made it 111-104, which would have covered. That's a shame. So, um, let's knock out betting and sweating now because sure. the, the two nice hits, uh, Mensa took Steph Curry to hit five threes. Good job. And by that him. hit. Uh, shout out to Sean. Draymond Green has <laughs> four three-pointers on the season. <laughs> And he took Draymond to hit one three. It was pu- it was plus money, and, and he boy hit, did w- hit one three. <laughs> boy did it piss Tom Thibodeau off because I think he was mad at Julius. Uh, Julius, I thought was okay tonight. He obviously, you know, like everybody, he didn't have a great a great game. But mm-hmm. man, his defensive miscues are just so glaring. Yes, they're they're worthy of like everybody call timeout 
immediately after most. Of and that time. wasn't the only one. He had two mm-hmm. in the in the first half where he just completely lost Andrew Wiggins on both of them, and it was just not. Yeah. it's not ideal. So my anyway. my betting and sweating was Jalen Brunson points, rebounds, and assists. He obviously missed tonight. <laughs> Sorry about and that. And then unfortunately, XJ went went high on Obi points and assists, and Obi did not score a point. Well, Obi scored one point tonight, right? Uh, I think he had a free yes. throw, but yeah, like pretty crazy. You could you could say comfortably this was the worst game of the season for Brunson, worst game of the season for Obi, worst game of the season for Quickly. Um, Obi and Quickly combined zero for ten or six from three. Yeah, um, yeah. when you're when you're three kind of again, like I said at the beginning of the show, when you're three kind of metronome players who you just know what you're going to get from. Uh, oh, I do want to. I'll wait till so a comment brings it up, but I'm sure somebody's going to ask about quickly or quickly trade stuff, and I'll, I'll save my thoughts for then. Let's get to the super chats. Can I, before we do, I know it's sure. late. Do you know the other three times the Knicks played in the Chase Center? Can you can you go down memory lane? Well, I know they won last year. That was they a fun won, game. That was a Julius game. They won by two points. Started um, a bit of a skid for the. Oh, uh, well, it's not. Do you know? It's, do you remember the three games Knicks have played in the Chase Center before tonight? I'm trying to remember the game from the We Here season. So it was part of a stretch that there was a the beginning of a road trip, and we were all kind of wondering how real this thing was. And they won by like 16, and it was like 116, 101 in Golden State. I remember that game. They looked really good, but the, the Golden State wasn't fully healthy. They weren't, but that was, I mean, they didn't have clay all year. They so yeah. fully healthy is just, they didn't have clay. Yeah. The Knicks look good that night. I remember that game. I don't remember at all the game from 2019 20. It was an overtime win. It was the first Knicks win with Mike Miller as head coach. Oh my God. Yes. I, 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 I like vaguely recall it now. And then, so Jason M and the chat, the chat is reminding me the, um, Draymond got ejected in that game. The one I believe the one two years ago, the one two oh, years ago, the we here season. So. Okay, I so yeah, it. all right. You cut yourself off there, GMAC. Uh, all right, let's see. What we want to the super chats. Thank you. We go. Um, shout out to everybody watching. By the way, it's almost one o'clock in the morning. I'm sure there's better things you'd be doing on a Friday or Saturday morning, I should say. Ryan Ryan Huang starts us off. Is RJ shooting 5% three-pointers in the last three games not a situation? Um, is your best wing defender getting injured when you need stops not a situation? Mr. Untouchable not touching the court. Hashtag make it make sense. Hashtag free Quentin Grimes. Inappropriate first message. I mean, Grimes got on the court at the end of the, at the, end of the game. Okay, so, oh man, I was going to save this, but for like a quickly question. Um, I have a theory. I have a theory. It's a two-part theory. First part of the theory, the Knicks, as they entered this five-game road trip, I think they intended specifically to, like, we're going to see how this five-man group looks. Or, sorry, this nine-man group looks on this road trip. And we want to see, and, like, Clearly, they have a very specific plan as far as bringing quickly and Rose in early. Then we're going to have some minutes where it's RJ with the bench. 
And then we'll re-inject, reinsert Brunson into the game. So it's Brunson, RJ, and the bench. And then slowly bring the starters back in. Maybe we mix and match some Obi and Randall. Like, I think they had a very, like, Tibbs is like, all right, we, I think this is going to give us our best chance to win. Obviously, the RJ thing and now tonight, the Cam thing, throw a, a monkey wrench into that. But I think they really wanted to just kind of see how this was working out. And hey, look, they won the first two games. And even tonight with RJ being uh doo-doo yet again, you know, it was an eight-point game in the fourth quarter. Say what you want. But like I, I do think the plan, that plan is working. I think it's it, I I'm gonna continue to have my issues with the starting five, but the the for political reasons that that starting five is not gonna change. Um that's part one. Part two, and this is probably going to upset a lot of people, but at this point, I feel like I could say it because how many different trade reports do you need between Begley and then Shams today? I think this team thinks they're going to move Manuel quickly before the trade deadline. Flat out. Maybe they think it's going to be Derek Rose instead. Maybe. But I don't know what Derek Rose is going to get you in a trade. Um... And I think so. Maybe I should I should not go so hard. I think the team thinks they are going to move Emmanuel quickly or Derek Rose in a trade before the trade deadline. Let me say that. So I, I'm sure I, I know I, I know you can't take take it back once you say something because the internet is forever. But like, no, I mean I will, I will be honest. I, I if you ask me to put money right now on which of the two get moved before the deadline, I'd I'd bet money that it's quickly. That's just my gut feeling. Um, I don't have any any thing other than that to say it just reading the tea leaves again Begley's reports I think speak volumes um, so yeah and again the fact that they're taking calls on him and engaging in conversations about him is an indication that they are willing to move him now where my issue with the quickly thing is has to do more with valuation and getting the appropriate valuation I'll save those thoughts for maybe a little bit later in the in the live stream but i think when you're talking how does this relate back to grimes i think they are comfortable having grimes ride the bench right now because i think they feel like he is going to get at the very least at the very least the last 30 games of the year or however many games are after the trade deadline to be a heavy minute rotation player and maybe earlier than that depending on when they swing this trade that in my mind i think that they're going to swing I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that that eases anyone's concerns, but it's my theory. Anthony Sixto, what's going on, Anthony? How are you? Against a team with a struggling bench, would have liked more out of Obi. Yeah, Obi didn't have a good game. It happens. I'm not going to kill him. Loved Sims. Even showed some surprising defensive footwork outside of the paint. I, I can't be impressed enough with Jericho Sims. And you know, oh, Tib says Cam is day to day with the groin injury. Okay. Um, you know, I wrote something for the newsletter today basically spitballing the idea of like like do you do you do you kick the tires on a on the Mitchell Robinson trade market? Or I guess in theory the, the Isaiah Hardenstein trade market, but like Sims gives you it's such a luxury because he's a rotation player. He's an NBA rotation player right now. He's clearly an NBA rotation player. He's good. Not saying he should be playing 30 minutes a night, but he's a guy that can give you 15 minutes. And the way the Knicks roster is constructed where you 
have this ability to play these two, not only one, two guys, Julius Randle and Obi Toppin at center, and they don't need to play together. Again, we know the issues that that brings. We know what that the coach doesn't like it. I get all that. But you have all these big wings. You'd love to see some some lineups where, you know, whether it's RJ at the four or Cam at the four um, or, or Obi at the four and Julius at the five or vice versa, like all, those, all that shit. Like all of that is a possibility. You'd love to see more of it. You have Arnstein here. You have Sims here. Sims could give you 10 minutes in a game. He could give you 30 minutes a game. He could give you a DMP. And it doesn't matter because the dude's making $2 million. So to have that situation with all of that and then have $60 million wrapped up in a center, I, I just, you know, I, I, I just, I wonder what is the market? Cause that's the other side of the coin is like, they're not going to give Mitchell away. They do value Mitchell Robinson. They should value Mitchell Robinson. He can be a big part of what they're doing. It's like, I feel like it's been the same freaking thing since the summer. There's a lot to like about this team. There's a lot to like about the players on this team, the current mixing and matching of the pieces. And like, in terms of maximizing your value of your resources at hand does not add up. It is not maximizing their current value, which is where I, that gets into why they're looking to maybe trade quickly. Um, is that the right move to maximize the value of the roster? I'm not so sure. Uh, but sorry, I went off on a Mitch tangent there, and your question was not even about Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Robert Cross, is it fair and reasonable to say that this one belongs in the crapper? Yes, it is reasonable and fair to say that, Robert. That's where I'm sitting. Yeah, I think you you throw this one out. Sims was a second-round steal, though. Hashtag 53 wins. I, yeah. Second round steal. Absolutely. Love him. Want to see him get more minutes. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky. Hello, Kevin. I wonder where this comment is going. Uh, Jericho. What a pick. Making Mitch look tradable. I do want to add, though, regarding the making Mitch look tradable. I Someone who I, I trust reached out today and was like, you know, pump the brakes on the Mitch trade Mitch bandwagon or like they really do value him. And you know, whatever, right, rightly or wrongly, I think I, I believe that I do think they value him, and I think if they didn't value him, they would have moved him at the deadline last year or maybe before they resigned him. Anyway, uh, RJ may be the worst starter in the NBA right now. God awful. With Cam injured and zero three point shooting, Grimes needed playing time. At least we fought an eight point deficit in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I like the fight. Um, or, I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't watch all thirty. All 29 teams. Uh, I wish I had time to do that. I'm sure there are players, starters playing worse than RJ Barrett. The, the tough part. And again, you, you feel bad killing RJ tonight because like Brunson was just as bad from the field. Obi and quickly overall, honestly, were just as bad as RJ tonight. It's concerning because of what it's been like, not only this week, this last week, but how so many of the things that he's doing just remind you of stuff that we've been seeing for three years now. Uh, and specifically the fact that he allegedly, I feel bad saying allegedly, but like whatever we were told he worked on rim finishing this year. He worked on his decision-making on his forays to the rim th this summer. Like if those are the two things that you worked on all summer and that's where you've, that's literally the foundation of your game if you're R.J. Barrett because he doesn't do anything else. He drives. And he, can't, he shoots catch-and-shoot threes. He doesn't shoot off the dribble threes. He has no mid-range game. He's not some crazy passer. 
Um, this is it. Just drive, make the right read. And if you take the shot, you know, make, make his, make more of them than you miss. And like that, that specific part of his game continues to show the same troubling signs. Um, I don't really know what to do with that. And then when, you know, when you factor in missing all the threes where it's like, I, again, it's uh, just say what you want about Tibbs. You may, you may despise the man, but it is just interesting that a coach who just never calls anybody out last season. And then this season talked about mentioned in, in different interviews, different, different media availabilities. RJ's great when he when he practices his three. Like it's not hard to read between the lines. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know how this all adds up. But he's sick, so I guess we can't talk about it. Um, Michael, RJ must <laughs> must have given me his sickness because I feel ill. I'm fearing RJ's turning into last year's Randall. I mean I, I Jesus, I don't even know what to do with that. Um, I just <laughs> this is the this is the guy he's always been, you know. Like I, I don't. That's that was always my concern. It's like we were even with the extension this summer, we were betting on progress because if they signed, if they signed the guy that played last year, if you factor in the entire year, like. It's an overpay because that, that guy wasn't that great. Yeah, he took a bunch of shots. He had a 30 usage rate. He made some tough ones. He had some really nice games. He got to the line a bunch after December 31st. But like, it's not a complete player. Um, So that's always what I come back to. That's like the most depressing part is it's like. But then again, you look at a guy like Wiggins. Now, Wiggins has athleticism that R.J. Barrett will never be able to touch. Functional athleticism. Uh, and that matters, but like, go back and watch Wiggins in his fourth year. I mean, that dude looked—you want to talk about a guy that looked lost? Like he looked lost, and now he is the whatever he is, second, third, fourth most important player on a on a championship team. He was the second most important player in the finals. So, is there still hope? Yeah, there's, there's still hope. He's just—it's not great right now. Um, Hush, Zhu, what's going on, Hush? My last game comment on RJ came off harsh. I meant to say he sucked in game, not in general. However, whatever this is right now is just disgusting. Yeah. It's not fun to watch RJ Barrett right now. You know, um, like all this you loved for like the first year and the second year and even last year, like, oh, he gets to the hoop, gets to the hoop. That's those are the shots we want, right? Well, Eventually, you got to start hitting them, and eventually, you have to start realizing more importantly that there are some shots that you probably should not take, and that is still a thing that there is not enough recognition. And when you add in the inability to hit a three, it, it's just it's a bad combination. But you know, he was built for this. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Huber, then what's going on, Huber? The drop scheme is going to ruin me. I, I I can't kill the defense tonight. I can't kill the defense tonight. They gave up 111 points to the Warriors, who are at home scoring 116.5 points per 100 possessions coming into this game. They've been annihilating teams on offense at home. I thought the Knicks defense was not the reason they lost tonight. It 
Yes. Are there moments of confusion? Absolutely. But the thing is, those moments of confusion where it where it's glaring, right? Where it's a glaring like, oh my God, how did they miss that coverage? Or like, how did they leave that guy so wide open? The reason you have those moments is because there is such a high amount of activity level on every possession with their defense. And there is so much movement. And when you have a breakdown, the breakdown is going to look bad. The flip side of that coin is that there are a lot of possessions where it has the intended effect, which is that the other team does not get a great shot. And I think it's notable that, like, again, on a night that the Warriors had a bunch of plays where you're like, oh, my God, the defense looks terrible. They only scored 111 points. And they've been, again, killing teams at home. Um, Anyway, rest of the comment, bench RJ till he's healthy, and this Grimes situation grows weirder with every game. Again, I gave you my Grimes theory. I don't know if it's crazy, but that's my theory. Hayden Freed, what's going on, Hayden? Dubs had six guys open with five players on the court. Man, I did not expect, did not expect to get Knicks getting killed on the, on their defense tonight. I don't know. I I agree. It was not ideal. It was not great. But I I did not think that's where they lost the game. I think they lost the game with turnovers. I think they lost the game. They gave up a few too many offensive rebounds. And I think they lost the game because they couldn't hit a blessed shot. Um, but yes, the moments where it looks bad, it looks very bad. And that's fair. Um, Maple Maxo. What's going on, Maple? If Grimes is good to go, could his limited play be a front office directive so they could evaluate Cam, IQ, OB before trades and extensions? Yes, 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 yes. 1,000%. That was... Uh, thank you for pointing that out. I should have pointed it out explicitly in what I said before. Um, yes. And I think I don't group Obi into that category. I, again, my own two cents. This may people may find this to be crazy because of how much they play Randall. I think they are very much on board with Obi Top and moving forward. And I think they want him to be here. I think they want to extend him. My guess is they probably feel like they could get him at a pretty good number. Um, but that's just an assumption. But yeah, I think it's 100%. Not that it's a front office directive, but I think I think they've probably all agreed. Like, look, Grimes is a second year of a rookie deal. We don't have to worry about him right now. Let's use this time. And again, he's working his way back. Maybe the conditioning isn't fully there. It's not like any of the guys other than RJ... It's not like any of the guys that have been playing, you're like, oh, Grimes should definitely be playing over that player. Not not now that Forney is on the bench. And it really just comes down to like benching RJ, which is again, that's a that's a political thing. They're not gonna bench RJ. They're just not. Not gonna do it. Same reason they didn't bench Randall last year. And yes, part of that has to do with money. Uh Robert Cross, what's going on, Rob? <laughs> First time, long time, John. Real talk. Oh, boy. Here we go. Are the RJ troubles gone by Christmas Day? I may be slightly concerned at this juncture. Hashtag 53 wins. I don't know, Robert. I got a lot of DMs from you over the summer about you've never believed in a player like RJ Barrett since, uh, you know, I don't want to say since when, but you threw around some lofty, lofty comparisons to uh, Rowan. Um in terms of the type of personality and 
just made for New York and all of the things, all of the things. Yeah, I got to see him be a good basketball player first. Got to see him be a good player. Good, two-way, consistent, efficient, efficient player. Good decision maker. You know, got to see those things. I don't know when that happens. And I don't know if it happens in New York. Um, Hush you with one more. Julius Randle rant. Why do we as a fan base have to be subjected to a player who again shows nothing on defense, needs a personal therapist on the court in Jalen Brunson and ignores helping up teammates? Hashtag trade 30. Please, Leon. Um, didn't think this was a great Randall game. What did he finish with? Four or five turnovers? I know he had at least four turnovers. I'm, I don't know if he got an additional one before the end of the game. No, he ended up with four. Two assists. Not what you want. A couple of bad offensive possessions in addition to the turnovers where he just had some bad shots and like was trying to work something that wasn't there. That shot that was blocked by pool, poor awareness. Um, again, the three or four plays a game where it just completely loses his man. Like this is all real shit. Uh, why do we have to be subjected to it? Because the dude was an MVP candidate and they signed him to a hundred million dollar contract. What's your answer? I don't know. And he's not that easy to trade for, for what they consider to be fair value. Uh, Joe Dugan, what's going on, Joe? RJ looks like Westbrook without the athleticism. Oh, boy. <laughs> he threw an LOL in there, but uh, I don't know if the LOL is taking the sting off of that comment, man. Uh, TK, uh, Hushu again. I wonder what the cost is for Moody or Kaminga. Yeah, the Warriors are an interesting spot. Like they have all these kids. They tried to kind of have their cake and eat it too this year. I mean, look, say what you want for them. They're, you know, they're seven and nine. Like they're right there. They'll be fine. Like they, they, I think they knew that they could give themselves a little cushion to try to play these guys. Uh, does it mean that they're out on them? I don't think it means that they're out on them. I, I, <sighs> I just I don't see a trade there. Like, why would why would the Warriors sell so low on those guys unless they were truly out on them? And in that case, like, what are we giving them? Like, if you're like, what are you doing? Like a Moody for quickly swap? Like, I don't even like. I, I don't I don't know. No, I don't I don't see it. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, Knicks fans? With the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it's the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver right to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more than 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are jam-packed. Luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. Plus, I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and more than 36 add-on options, such as smoothies, juices, snacks, and so much more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Also, Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun and you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion? meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. When things get hectic during the holidays, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or 
pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Even better, Factor's no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I get too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Knicks fans, Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic holiday times. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use promo code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Bernard Richardson, what's going on, Bernard? Major simplification. We just watched New Age NBA basketball versus whatever inflexible scheme. Tibbs shouts out there over and over. Bernard, I hate to push back on this. It's it's not the scheme. It's It's the design of the roster. They have built a roster that is not suited for the NBA in 2022. Jalen Brunson does not want to shoot threes. RJ Barrett cannot take off the dribble threes and would much rather drive. He will take catch and shoot threes, can't hit them. Julius Randle, probably the most willing three-point shooter of the three, and he doesn't really want to shoot threes. Like That's not his ideal thing. So if you're three highest usage guys who are all in the starting lineup, none of whom prefer to shoot threes and would much rather do their work inside the paint, and you have all of those guys literally dozens of times throughout the game with an opportunity to pull up, that's a design flaw. That's not a scheme thing. And you can't tell me it's a scheme thing because despite being 29th in the league in three-point shooting coming into this game, they were still the 18th best team in offense, which is as good a differential between three-point shooting and offensive rating as you're going to find in basketball. That, by definition, means that they are doing things correctly. And they are doing things correctly. They're not turning the ball over. They're getting a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, they're taking all the right shots. New age basketball. New age basketball is not shooting long twos. Get guess which team shoots fewer long twos than any team in basketball. The New York Knickerbockers. Guess which team is top seven or eight in corner three point shooting frequency. The New York Knickerbockers. Guess which team shoots more shots in the paint than any team in basketball. The New York Knickerbockers. And when you factor in the offensive rebounding that they built their team around, it's not a scheme thing. It's not a scheme thing. I'm sorry to push back so much on this. It's about having guys that don't want to shoot threes and they can't make threes. And then he says, why not tailor your game plan to your players and help them? What do you think they tried to do? <laughs> they've, they've built it. They've tailored the game plan. So like, OK, you don't want to shoot threes. We're going to give it give you opportunities to do things other than shoot threes. It's just on a night like this. It's hard. It's tough. Um, blame the front office for the for the roster that they've built and the money that they've invested in three guys. You don't want to, you know, shoot threes. Especially off the triple threes. Uh, Biagio Marino. What's going on, Biagio? We could talk about individual games and players, but this team and season boils, boils down to a lack of elite talent, <laughs> you think? Uh, we'll continue to put a ceiling on this team. Pat Gordon from Regis says hello. Hey! What's going on? Always good to get a Regian or, or, or someone who knows a Regian in the comments. Um, here's... Uh, 
Oh, uh, one more from Biagio. Uh, the front office no longer has an option. Uh, this is, again, in regards to elite talent. Front office no longer an option given Supermaxes. The price for the first star is high, as we saw. Picking 10 to 20 gets us back to where we are. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation we've had since the Donovan Mitchell trade rumors first started. I remember I wrote a whole long, big thing in my God, well, I, Jesus, I don't even, was it the beginning of July where it was like the Knicks are between a rock and a hard place because they don't have the first star and they got to trade a whole lot to get the first star. And then what do you got left over? We're now sitting here five months later. Conversation hasn't changed one iota and the conversation won't change one iota five months from now. The only hope is that everything else that's here gets good enough where you feel like you can give everything up for one star and that that one star is enough. It's what me and Schmilk talk about on the pod today. That's got to be the hope. Uh, Lunis Emirat, F the narratives. If he's too sick before for if he's too sick for to be close to media, he shouldn't have played. Oh, I see. If RJ was too sick to be close to the media, he shouldn't have played. I wish he would rest. I know he'll bounce back soon. Like he has every season. I I mean, you hear stories about players playing sick all the time. Julius Randle was sick the last game. His best game is Nick, arguably. You know, one of his top five. Um, played his ass off. Played his ass off on defense. There was a moment tonight. Hold on, I wrote it down. Give me what? Sorry, this is exceptional live streaming here. Um, yeah. So it was so strange. It was either the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, where RJ was his response. It was a shot went up for the Warriors, and RJ's responsibility was to box out Andrew Wiggins, and it wasn't a great box out. And he also like didn't jump. And Wiggins just jumped and got the ball. And then RJ fouled him on the putback attempt. And then like RJ screamed in disgust. Is like, what do you, I, I was just like wondering, like, I'm not being trying to be a dick. Like, what are you screaming at? Are you screaming at yourself? Cause you're mad at how utterly abhorrent you've been playing. Are you mad because you can't, you don't have like lift that you would normally have because you're sick, which that would be confusing because he's not a guy that jumps very high anyway. Um, that was confusing to me. And then a little while later, he throws that pass to Julius Randle. Where, like, I think it was Steph Curry was like right in front of Julius Randle, and just streaked down the court for you know the easiest two points of the game. Like that's I is that him? Is that him? He's sick. That's why he threw that pass. Or what about uh, in what was easily the funniest moment of the game where he goes and he, he drives and he does the thing that he does two or three or four times a game, which is fall on the ground and not get a foul call as the shot careens off of the backboard and barely hits the rim. And it leads to a fast break for the other team where it's five on four, except they got lucky because the, some Nick picked off the pass and RJ had just barely got up off the floor on the other end of the court. And he's standing there with nobody around him and he dunks. And uh, God bless Wally Zerbiak. 
Really good hang time, or what do you say? Really good athleticism on that dunk. <laughs> really, Wally? You mean the dunk where the fucking closest guy to him was the was the the ball boy who wipes up the court? Yeah, it's good to see him get up on that dunk. Um, I don't know what to do with any of this. I just don't know what to do with any of this. God bless you if you're a Stan and you're sitting here and be like, eh, fucking Macri, always oh, killing RJ. I, 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 God bless you to have that kind of conviction. I wish I had that conviction. I so bad. I would pay for that conviction in this player after what we've seen for three years and 16 games. Um, ARA reward. What's going on? To be honest, I trust this front office. Um, the players judgment their Oh, their judgment on players, except for Fournier from RJ to IQ. You can't win a championship with 120 plus minutes of inefficient players and probably 60 minutes plus inefficient IQ. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't have enough good, good offensive players. I agree with that. Uh, Brunson was a big help. Um, Quickly's offensive game, I don't think anyone would say has come along as well as they would have liked. Um, Grimes, we'll see. Cam, we'll see. Yeah, but as far as their ability to evaluate talent, like I'm, I don't, I don't know that that's, I, I'm, they're, I don't know. They're probably middle of the pack for me right now. I think it's too, maybe too early to judge. Let's see what some of these kids turn into. Uh, Pluckster, just how in, I don't know what that word is, uh, unviolatable are the unwritten rules keeping RJ in the starting lineup? Oh, he, they're not going to bench RJ. I'm looking at it right now. The slam poster that I never took down. It's right. It always, it, there's RJ staring at me in the face like, you mother, how dare you say those harsh things about me? I said, yo, I'm a Nick. Be nice. No, they're not going to bench him. They're not going to bench him. They don't have that kind of organizational um, cajones. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, Q Shack uh, plus Kobe Vid, RJ plus Evan dominating in China. Oh, my goodness gracious. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, Big B. Hey, John, what is Obi's ceiling? John Collins, question mark. Um, Benji had some comments on that earlier today on Twitter. I. Uh, is it? Hmm. Am I crazy to say I think it's higher? I think it's higher. I think it's higher. I think. I buy Obi's defense long term. I still buy Obi's defense long term. Because I think we've seen some real improvements there. I think he was lost as a rookie defensively. And he was okay last year. And I think he's been better than okay this year. Uh, I'm always going to worry about the defensive rebounding. I'm always going to worry if if he's like really put in tough situations against teams like the Warriors. But... I love the three-point shooting. I believe in his three-point shooting more than I've ever believed in John Collins' three-point shooting. I know he's in a maybe two-game slump now. And I just think athletically and just how he moves and how he operates on offense, I just I do think that there is something special there. The concerns that I have with Obi Toppin are that for him to be in a, like a vital part to a really successful team, I don't I still I know what it looks like, but I don't know what your ceiling as a team is with that. Because I do think 
his ceiling is as a five um, on offense for most of the time that he's on the court. And I just, what kind of team do you need to put around him for that to be workable? But you probably say the same thing about John Collins. But again, John Collins is not has shown himself like you cannot survive defensively with him at the five. Can you survive defensively with Obi at the five if he's in the right sort of lineup? I don't, I don't know that we know that answer yet. Um, it's an interesting question though. Sam Roth, what's going on, Sam? I still believe in RJ. Here we go. We needed some positivity to push back against all this, all this vitriol. But his process, oh boy, I should have read the rest of the comment. But his process of body language was despicable. Oh goodness. Uh, don't pride yourself on playing every game if you are going to play hard. Uh, yeah, playing hard is, would be nice. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I need to add anything there. Uh, Guy Huber then, why not bench or trade Rose to open minutes for Quentin Grimes? I think you saw a report today about trading. Derek Rose. I don't like trades in the NBA don't happen with the exception of something like the Jay Crowder situation, which seems like it's going to resolve itself sooner rather than later. Trades in the NBA don't really happen before December 15th, which is when teams can like, I don't know how, what percentage of players in the league, something like 40% of the players in the league aren't trade eligible until after December 15th anyway. So, and they're not going to bench Derek Rose. They're just not like, and I don't necessarily blame them. I, like we're we're talking about how many games between now and December fifteenth? Um, is it the right decision? Is it the right organizational decision? Is is it a decision? A really, really again, smart, confident, like organization that has its shit together? Is it a decision they would make if they were in the position the Knicks are in? Probably not. Like they would probably bench Rose and play Grimes. Am, do I find that decision to be as un? untenable or, or just as, as, as bad as some people. I, I personally don't, if you do, I don't blame you for that. Uh, I'm not there, but I do. I think they're going to look to trade Rose to, to open up minutes for Grimes. Uh, Michael Knicks switch Grimes for RJ tonight. Do they win? Ooh, that's the uh, Michael. You get the award. You're the star of this game. Cause that's the best question of the night. Um, no, Brunson was so bad offensively and quickly and Obi were so off. I hate to put it on them, but like, it was just so, it was so unnerving to see those guys all have bad games. That never happens. Like quickly. I noticed has games where he didn't shoot well, but he was just off. His decision-making was off. He wasn't crisp. Uh, so no, I say they don't, but I would have liked to see it. That's for sure. Would have liked to see it. Uh, Mr. Nick 101, can we trade RJ? Oh my goodness gracious, I feel bad now. Uh, I don't like watching him play. Um, I'm sorry. Man. This is... This is... Andrew, I need you to come in here. I'm like unnerved. Why? Because you open this by saying you don't want to pile on and then went on to pile on. (laughs) Did I pile on? I would think so. You brought up what he said when he got drafted. Yo, I'm a Nick in a mocking way. Well, that, but I hold on. I've been fairly transparent about the fact that I think his media savvy is a very, I think his media personality is extraordinarily carefully curated. Yes. Name an and NBA knows, player who isn't. Uh, Derek Rose. Derek Rose says whatever the fuck's on his mind. I think 
and there's other players like that. I think sure. RJ is very, very, very cognizant of his image to this fan base. And I think he has been cognizant of his image to this fan base from the day he got drafted, literally the night he was drafted. Do you think it's... So you think it's like phony? No, I don't think he's phony. I think he's smart. I think he's a smart guy. I would do the same fucking thing if I was him. He, He knew he got drafted to a fan base that was rabid rabid to just grab onto someone that they could call their own, especially uh, what was it? It was a year coming off the Porzingis thing, right? Year and a half. It was a gold mine. Uh, it was six months. It was six months. What a, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. It was the sorry, same, sorry. same year. You know? Even more. Even more so. It was a gold mine of emotional capital that was available from this fan base. I think he was absolutely smart enough to know it and be like, hey, man, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to I'm going to say all the right things. I'm going to I'm going to embrace this franchise like the guy who they just traded clearly didn't do and you know what if it turns into some whether it's endorsement deals or if it turns into you know me being Chris in the face of the franchise um hey why not why is that on so you're saying because he embraced being this I'm saying it annoys me it has always annoyed me that I think the assessment of him as a player, as a franchise figurehead, as all of those sorts of things has been at least somewhat influenced by the persona. Because if we're just assessing, like I, I, I've written how many newsletters over the years where I do just statistical comparisons between him and other players who have similar volume, similar efficiency, similar X, Y, Z. And it spits out a list of players that is, that that is, that is not, not, not ideal. It's not great. And it's not like this is a rare thing in NBA history. Sometimes guys get drafted, oftentimes drafted highly, and they are given all sorts of volume from those teams because the teams invest high draft picks in them. They aren't terribly efficient. And guess what happens to most of those players? They go the way of the dinosaur, you know, but this was a very unique situation where it was a, it was a franchise that tanked got won 17 fucking games Mm -hmm. for a thing. And he was the thing that they ended up with. And like, you know, I think it all plays into it. And now it's funny because now he's, I, but now, but what's funny to me is, is the tables have turned so quickly, you know, and I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. So if I can give my please overall assessment of the situation, I don't think RJ Barrett is a 40, less than 40% shooter from the field. I don't think he's a 25% shooter from three. Um, I think right before this road trip started, like right, literally right before the the OKC game on Sunday, he actually had like six really good games in a row where he was like 50, 40, 70, which I say 70 because that's what I can expect from RJ at the line. Um, I, I don't like how far the other direction it's gone. I do think, I don't know if I like it either. (laughs) Right. But John, you're, you're kind of, I, I think part of why you're able to, you're able to uh, embrace it a little more is because of how many people told you like you're stupid for not seeing what we all believe in RJ. Me, me, and 
as a Maybe result of being stupid. like we what's up? Maybe I am still stupid. Oh, we knew that. No, you're not. Like no, I don't. No, but like it's year four. He's 22. Mm-hmm. You get a lot better. I threw the Wiggins comparison out before, and I think it's a meaningful comparison um, because again, if you, re- if, I remember watching Wiggins the year after he got his extension. Within two months, within a mm-hmm. month, people were like, "Oh my god, did Minnesota just sign the worst contract in basketball?" And two and a half year or two two and a half years later, we're looking at Wiggins as like, "Wow." That dude just signed a hundred million contract, a hundred million dollar contract. He's underpaid. Like if you work hard and you have some talent, I do believe RJ works. I do believe he has talent. Like you can turn it around. He could turn it around. I just, it's just fascinating to me that he was christened as the savior, the guy, the franchise. Whereas it's just interesting. Like, what would have happened if he wasn't the third pick? What would have happened if he was like the seventh pick? But you just said it. He wasn't. He was the third pick. So therefore, there is an expectation that comes with it. I think. So where did that? All- through, but through the data, you got there quicker than others did, which is why you were on board probably first publicly with the Donovan Mitchell trade being for RJ. And uh, do you remember that? Do you remember what you had me on as a, as a, a yeah. prop through pod? When I, was, like, I remember you're on vacation. And then unfortunately, <laughs> I'm I'm. You know, brought that on, brought that on all of us. Uh, having said all this, look, I think RJ is having his worst stretch since beginning honestly, of last year. No, because la- beginning of last year, he wasn't there's there was, was there was yeah, but there was two sides to the ball. He, he was f- average la- at least last year on defense. This is I almost liken this to to how I evaluate like quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I have a, a we were talking yesterday with Schmilk about Daniel Jones against uh, Zach Wilson, and I'm a little more alarmed with Zach Wilson than some other Jets fans because Jets some Jets fans are like, listen, he's had a couple of bad games. And it's like, yeah, but the way he's having these bad games is alarming that it's not just like you tried to throw something into double coverage and it's a bad read or you didn't see a defender jump a route. No, you can't execute a simple throw the ball out of bounds play. And RJ's process the last four or five games has been like, this should have been coached out of you by now. This should have been played out of you. Some of these bad habits yeah, but that should have been worked on, should have been that, made better by now. But that's where... That's where I go back to the narrative. And that's where I go back to the, again, he's the guy, right? He's the guy, he's the franchise, he's the star, he's the whole thing because, and I'll, you know, I'll throw out another comparison that people are going to hate. It's like Harrison Barnes was RJ Barrett. He was the number one recruit in the country. He went to a blue blood school. He had a disappointing freshman year. Um, I don't know if I'd say RJ Barrett had a disappointing year at Duke, but he was like, He went from the number one prospect in the country to a guy who was seen as number three. And there was a a chasm between number three and number two. Um, Although there was also a gap between number three and number four. So throw that in in fairness, but like, whatever he didn't, he didn't go to Duke and like blow everybody away. It was like, Mm -hmm. okay. It was like, you know, some, some good, some bad. Where did Harrison Barnes go? Harrison Barnes went to a team with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green on it and had to learn how to be a role player. And he absolutely excelled in that role. They won a championship with him in that role. And then he eventually got an opportunity in Dallas and now with Sacramento to be, have a little bit of a bigger slice of the pie. And he, what is he? He's a 20 point per game guy. You know, he's on a $20 million contract, good contract, 
anybody in the league would probably want Harrison Barnes on that amount of money. Like that's a really good player, you know? And there was never any narrative of him after he entered the league about like, he's the face of the Warriors or any of that nonsense. So he was forced to embrace that. RJ's never been forced to embrace something other than you're the star. True. And I think that's where that's what our general audience is getting at right now is what I'm saying. I think they're having the moment that you had this summer. They're having it right now. I had the moment well before the summer. It was the first time I had to come out and no, I, it was the first time I had to actually reconcile it because my, Mm -hmm. my own personal beliefs about RJ and my own personal doubts about his ceiling. I never really had to like talk about that much. I got to write about it in my newsletter, which was fun, but I never got to talk about it much because there's never any reason to, because they're never going to trade him. This is where I have to push back a little bit. I produce all your live streams. I remember that 34 game stretch last year. You were, you're almost asking if you could be part of the quote unquote RJ hive because he was really good for that 34 game stretch. Yes, he, he was really good. And it was an indication of a player like, okay, we now have the baseline of a guy who is finally maybe turning into the player he thinks he is. But that was the baseline. Mm-hmm. It was the baseline. It was the jumping off point. Despite having to play with Julius Randle last year, despite having to play with terrible spacing because they always have a true center down there, which he still has to play with down there. Now, look, he, that doesn't excuse the bad start and the poor shooting numbers, but like the situation also hasn't been ideal for him to succeed. Someone that likes to get to the rim, there's always I, four dis- multiple defenders down there. I think that getting a 30 usage rate cures a lot of ills and not every most NBA players would not know what to do with the 30 usage rate, which is again, part of what is makes RJ Barrett such an interesting player because he embraces the 30 usage rate. He wants the 30 usage rate. That could be a gift and that could be a curse. And I think what we're reconciling with right now is whether that is a gift or a curse that he's a guy who sees himself as a 30 usage guy. And is there a world where he gets to be more of a 21, 22, 23 usage guy and really, really, really attacks that with the same ferocity that he attacked being the number one option on a team, which he clearly loved. You know, I, I, we don't know how he feels right now. We don't. I I mean, apparently pretty shitty if you believe all of the the quotes about I don't mean health, physically but, I mean no but that's my point it's like there's a lot we don't know you know as far as the the psyche of him so like to to say because he embraced being the guy in New York it's like you now have we have to hold you to that standard when his ability unfortunately is starting to show that he's much more of a third guy and I think that's what I'm recognizing is the overall conversation that any pushback about how whatever ceiling RJ Barrett's career was going to have always was met with venom. And now that it's starting to be like, okay, maybe he is more like the third best guy or the fourth best guy. Or the reason why Danny age wasn't like RJ. Oh, I'm in, but you know, like that's, I think what everybody's realizing that now. And I don't know. That's why I feel like it's unfair to him at this point. It is unfair to him because he should have never had this placed on him because he's not that level of player. He's never been that level of player. He was never going to be that level of player. The comparison for last year the real comparison was to Julius Randle the prior season, except not as good because we saw what a team could be with Julius Randle at his number as its number one. 
And it was a team that was it was pretty good. It was a perfectly constructed team to facilitate Randall being that guy. And they milked it for all that it was worth. Last year's team surrounding R.J. Barrett when he was the guy was not perfectly suited for R.J.'s talent. That said, the fact that they were not any better when R.J. played versus when R.J. sat when he was going and doing all of these things with that usage, I think was, again, not something that should be ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't know where the, all of this leaves us. Well, like, um, it's game 16. We've already seen multiple different starting lineup iterations. We're at a nine man road. For him, you're talking I'm about talking about this season and any because like the, the different versions of what RJ's had to be over the past four years is different. As far as adjusting to him this year, because he's not going to be that 30 usage guy this year. There's too many other guys that deserve no. minutes and deserve usage, right? So I'm saying what could as far as going forward, what this could become. Maybe he is eventually like a guy that comes off the bench and is oh, ideally a six man. Maybe I, he is eventually going to be a guy that mostly takes advantage of backup units. And that's how he's able to get his his usage back up. Or maybe he'll do what he did last year. And when he's not feeling under the weather, he'll have another five game stretch. Not even last year. Maybe he'll do what he did two weeks ago and have a five game stretch where he shoots 50, 40, 90 from the field. 50, 40, 75 after great RJ free throw shooting on a curve. What you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes and be, becomes a six man. <laughs> it never happened in here. Here, no, but I've already seen enough. Sixth man, no, but I've already seen enough this flexibility that I never thought I'd see that I think they'll try anything that works. And whereas he might, like, I don't think you're going to see a reduction in minutes. I'll say that. Like, anybody that's like Grimes should start for RJ, that's not going to happen. But like maybe he take he plays with the bench unit more going I think, forward. I think the front office showed you exactly what their intention was to do yeah. with RJ Barrett. They wanted to trade him for Donovan Mitchell. And which that intention they probably would have been correct. If they had been smart enough to pull the trigger, they would have been able to do it. And that intention has not changed. I don't think it's changed one bit. It's just a matter of now it becomes more logistically difficult in the interim because of the poison pill. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, we have, we have more super chats. Are we done? We have plenty more super chats. Okay. Here we yes. go. Uh, Wambler. I kind of get the Grimes move, but I just want to watch him. I want to watch him too. I miss watching Quentin Grimes. I like Quentin Grimes. I was higher on Quentin Grimes than anybody this year. Uh, his efforts is fun to watch. At least we don't promote Ponzi schemes. <laughs> Hashtag not an expert. Um, Thank you for the contribution, Wamba. Uh, 007 Angelo. Cajones, didn't know you were bilingual, Matt. <laughs> I get my cojones, uh, uh, that thought from uh, Hoop Collective. I don't think they still oh. do the cojones, the cojones factor player of the week or whatever it was, but they used to do a cojones thing a bit. I, I don't listen to the Hoop Collective, unfortunately. Seriously? So. I, you know how I am with like seasoned podcasters and People that know what they're doing. For my, I like Brian Windhorse's reporting. I don't think he's the best podcast host. For my money, this is gonna. Oh my God, this is gonna be sacrilegious. I I think I enjoy Windy McMahon and Bontemps more than any any other pod. And I enjoy good audio quality. I could. I don't care. I know you don't care. Believe don't me, care. it's why we're we're a good team. So I can care about that, yes, and you, you can care, care about the actual. 
the crappy thing, the, cr- the thing that's on the pod, you know? Yes, the crappy RJ Barrett takes. That, um, I've told you that that that's like that was my biggest takeaway from the Zach Lowe interview, right? What? The like audio any, well, any aura mystique of like, oh, we're talking to Zach Lowe that I might have had going in. The moment I had to teach him how to use the Yeti mic, it was like, oh, oh my god. Okay. You're 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 John, but you know, much more expensive. Much better. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> ARA reward. What's going on? Any day of the year, Kevin Porter Jr. sixty million dollar contract versus RJ one hundred seven million dollar contract. Well, the Kevin Porter Jr. contract is really nice because it is. Uh, I think only this year is guaranteed, um, or maybe it's next year. I forget. Whatever. The only the first year of the extension is guaranteed. Um, that could be an interesting little contract. Uh, interesting little trade piece. Um, but like, look, let's not judge the RJ extension today. Let's judge the RJ extension after two years, you know, when he may or may not still be a Nick. Uh, Kevin Nedeshevsky, who wins a three-point shout-out? Benji, AC, or Deuce? Seriously, can the Knicks get a shot doctor there? He's a three-point shot away from being a very useful NBA player. That's where I'm at with Deuce. Benji wins. And Benji does win easily. Benji, Deuce, then me. My my shot's still there. I was at LA Fitness last week, and like the shot's still there. It's the getting up and down the court that's the problem. Um, I'm, I would be last in that competition. <laughs> uh, thanks, Kev. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Uh, you can talk to Drew Hanlon. Maybe he can give you some pointers too. <laughs> I still have the tweet. I'm going to pull it up. I have it saved in my inbox for potential future use. Um, ARA Rewide, what is the expected return pick perspective for Robinson, RJ, IQ separately? Um, Again, that that's a, such a tough question because for RJ, especially because the the salary is such a complicated salary to trade to trade right now. Quickly, I think Ian nailed it when he was like, "You're probably getting like I can see a team that knows that is already good this year and that doesn't have any fears about falling off a cliff for the rest of the season, trading you their first round picks, trading you their first round pick pick." For Emmanuel quickly, I don't think you're getting any future picks that are unprotected for Emmanuel quickly. I think he's the easiest answer. Robinson is really tough because Robinson makes a lot of money, so you got to take back money, and that money is either going to be good money, mediocre money, or bad money, and so that factors into you know all of that. And there's also like how many teams around the need the league are in like need of a center right now. Um, without having to like unload their own center that they may think has value. It's just, that's a tough one. I don't. I'll just answer it by saying I think Robinson is still a net plus of contract. I think he's still a good contract, even though he's injured right now. And RJ, oh boy, <sighs> what is RJ? What would RJ get in a trade right now? Like one more. What would you get back for RJ? Like. I, I, so I'm because, trying to think, but like they almost got Donovan Mitchell for RJ Barrett. Yes, multi, other things were involved, but like I do still think he could be the guy in a in a. Well, he'd have to really turn a season around. But I think I'm sorry, what what which what, I think he what, will he, turn a season around. So the he could be the got the who. Yes, John, I think that a guy that has not had these numbers for his career will regress to a much more appetizing career mean. Yes. I think RJ could shoot 35, 36% from the field. We talked on Patreon today. Trey Young is shooting 38% from the field this year. 
don't, 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 don't different usage, John. But that's my point. Like, it's not about the usage. It's about comparing his numbers this year to his numbers throughout his career. Okay, and RJ has a forty point three point percent shooter uh, season, and One season last year, last year is a thirty five game stretch where he averaged twenty four a game on decent efficiency. Not really decent efficiency, on like forty four barely barely acceptable efficiency. So I think he can be the barely acceptable main guy next to like you'd have to throw other stuff in. Like it's not like with Leon Rose's plan of like oh he's got to be like I Let included RJ. Hold on, it's over. Serious question. Yeah. Just um, the first thing that came to mind, because you brought him up on the Patreon pod. Mm -hmm. Spurs call the Knicks tomorrow and they could do this trade because they're so far under the cap. So the poison pill thing doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And the Knicks are like um, RJ for Keldon Johnson. Oh, no. Yeah. Keldon Johnson's like really good. Yeah. RJ, RJ, right now is values tanked. You know, plus there's the what? So that's my, what's the Kelton John, Johnson Johnson contract right now? Twenty million a year. Nice little so contract. It's the same thing. Okay, around the same thing. No, our uh, Kelton, I believe, is four for eighty. RJ is four. Oh, so fully, RJ is four, so it's four fully guaranteed more. for one hundred seven. Yeah. Um, you know, so I. How about this one? I got, <laughs> I got another one for you. I keep going all night. Um, that's what she said. Um, oh, <laughs> and it's live, so I can't cut it. Great. No. Um, Devin Vassell. Let's say they call up the Spurs. We'll get uh, RJ for Devin Vassell right now. You doing that if you're the Spurs? No, but you're also, again, this started with you saying you don't want to pile on. I'm saying he will get better and rehab his value this season. You're saying right now, his lowest point in a long time. If you're an NBA GM, you have to think, you have to look past the, the here and now, and you have to project forward. So if you're the Spurs mm-hmm. and you're one of the smartest organizations in the NBA, which allegedly they are, then you don't care about what RJ is doing right now if you believe in him long term. So I'll ask you again. What do they say when it's RJ for Devin Vassell? I think you keep Devin Vassell. His shooting was always the thing he thought he'd okay. figure out. I'll give you one more. Okay. RJ for Jeremy Sohan. Sohan? Sohan. Uh, I don't think the Spurs want anything to do with RJ Barrett right now. There you go. Right now. For what it's worth, I don't think the Knicks would offer that trade, and I think the Spurs would take that trade. I think the Spurs would take a chance on RJ Barrett at that at that price point. If the Knicks called them up and be like, we'll do RJ for Sochan and, and uh, you know, one of your protected picks that you own. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think the Spurs would do that. Okay. One See, more. I gave him a compliment. I'm proud of you. Yes. Thanks. Robert Cross. Last one. <laughs> this is for GMAC. Yes, I don't want to hear John talk about IQ being traded. I had a difficult morning on Twitter as it was. Hashtag trade Begley. Um, I have no say over any of this, Robert. I'm sorry. I, I over especially with Ian Begley reports. I just unfortunately I I put the super chats up. Um, you know, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want. Oh, my issue with the quickly thing. Yeah, uh, I figured I'd get more questions about this, so i sorry to save it to the end, but my issue right now with the notion of trading Emmanuel quickly is I cannot fathom his valuation around the league is, and this touches on what you just talked about with RJ, um, that his valuation right now around the league is anything close to 
I think what it could be. And so the notion that you're, I, I, I'm, I'm not one of these, like, you're going to have to trade some of these kids. Can't pay all the kids. That's your, that's how you lock yourself into being mediocre team. Um, he's a really good player. He's not an untradeable player, like all those sorts of things. You know, he's still a guard. He's not a lead initiator, all that stuff. I get all that. But even with all that being considered, and even with the fact that as an organization, you do have to start to make smart choices and consolidating the roster in some way, shape, or form is a smart choice. The the notion that you would trade that dude when his offense is so bad right now, and like at the again, at the valuation you're gonna get, like you would get like a crappy first round pick. Like I just that doesn't sound like smart process to me. It doesn't sound like smart process to me. And I would that's the part that's like a little irksome. We went into it on the pregame show. It makes no sense to trade a Mayo quickly right now. Um, especially since he's not even on his second contract yet. And because you suppressed his value by not playing him in as certain in certain roles, like you've never I, even you've never even featured him as a starter, is what I'm saying. You never gave us the chance to see what he could be as a starter. You've now got him in second an extension mode as a bench player. So as a result, his extension should be less. So trading him makes no sense. So somebody else can take advantage of I don't, what that uptick could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that you're that you. I, I think he's going to want to get paid. And I think there's a world where a team, as evidenced by the fact that teams are calling and teams are interested in him, I think someone will pay him. I'm not saying no one's going to pay him, but he's not going to make starters money is my point. Like there's, you're going to get him at a discount if you extend. Yeah, I don't know. This off season. I, I, if I was a team, I, I would absolutely give that dude with the cap, the way the cap is going up. I mm-hmm. would give that dude at a minimum 12 million a year. Right. As opposed to a starter that he might get 15 a year. Mitchell Robinson just got $60 million. And he's a center. Yeah, that's my point. You can get him at a discount because you've suppressed his value. Again, well, yeah, but he got a lot of go ahead. a lot of time to go until then. Yeah, which is why, to your point, the process of trading Mayo quickly makes no sense. And as a result, this would be more indication that this front office doesn't know what they're doing. I, I, I don't think they don't know what they're doing. All right, you gotta you, you're letting all the RJ out tonight. Get the get the front office out tonight too. Like I, I listen, base I've level comp- base level competence is not something to be like, you know, they know what they're doing. Given by the fact that they're potentially their most impressive center on the team this season was their <laughs> third their third center. I think the front office can't get out of their own way. Like they almost think too much about what to do, I think. Then they have a lot of like different notions, and there's just a lot of there's not a central there is a central purpose, obviously, trade for a star. We know that, mm-hmm. but that is not a that's not a plan. That's a <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Um, anyway, especially right. when when you don't have the first one, like to trade for the yeah. first star is always is always difficult. You know, no, there's a it'd be different if Randall was what he was two years ago. If RJ was anything close to what some people thought he was like, going to be, but like. Trading for Andrea Bargnani is a sign of a front office that doesn't know, like literally doesn't know what it's doing, you know? Um, So again, maybe it's unfair to say doesn't like is incompetent. 
I'm not confident in their base level of competence that they would that they would evaluate quickly that way and like we could get him on a bargain we should feature him more rather we should trade him to make room for whoever is it a sign that there are what are a lot of front if the Knicks trade quickly for what they'll probably get back right now do I think most front offices around the league would be like man what the fuck are the Knicks doing yeah I do um yeah I do which would be unfortunate anyway all right that's uh, that's all she wrote. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back Sunday afternoon before and after the Suns games. 4 p.m. game. Is that right? 3.30. I can double check now. Okay. Something in the afternoon. But we'll be here before and after. 3.30. 3.30. Everybody have a good Saturday. I can't believe it's almost Eastern, 2 in the morning. Eastern Standard Time. Um, don't forget. As I yawn my way through an ad read, it's exactly what you want. Um, download the WinBet app or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Keep betting those Draymond three-point overs. <laughs> Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. Download. Bet. Win. Deuces, everybody. Have a good Saturday. Later. <laughs>